Hello, and welcome to Geek Space Nine, the Tuscan Shed Media Network podcast where we discover and or rediscover the classic series Star Trek Deep Space Nine. With me, as always, is Peter Dancy. How are you, Peter? I'm doing pretty well at, at, at the time of this recording because because, because I realized um, the other week uh, with, with, how, with how much we have backlogged, how hard we date these things when we start talking about stuff that's going on like we're probably gonna have stuff that's like posted in march and like and, and we'll listen we'll be like mm-hmm. we were recording this in november what the hell but anyway i, I say all that to say um at the time of this recording um my my, uh, my brother my, my brother who is still who is in college right now he, he flew in last night at and his flight got in at twelve thirty a.m mm. Thankfully, he th- thankfully he he flew into Hobby, not Bush, so it wasn't that far of a drive. But other, but other, but, but you know, with that, it's 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 good to have the family back under one roof, even if it's just for a few weeks. Yes, indeed. And to go off on that, uh, there's a podcast I do called Spontaneous Nation that records like six months ahead of time, and it's so Oof. fun because he's always like, "Anything you want to plug? It's six months from now." And they're like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's November?" <laughs> and we do the same because. We never know when we'll run out of stuff, and we're also going to the show quite fast. So, <laughs> and we never know if we're, you know, all going to hit a really busy streak, and we don't yeah. have time to record. This is also true. So, well, as uh, as she talks, I can see that she has filled the frame of her Google Hangout with as much Christmas stuff as possibly possible. <laughs> it's Sarah Becker. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing very well, thank you, Ben. Let's see what what Christmas things do I have behind me. I see me. a I wreath. I see a, a Santa. A door wreath. I have a snowman. Mm-hmm. I have a placemat and a Christmas swan. Oh, Santa. Uh, that might be it in the frame, <laughs> but there is significantly more throughout the house. I think you'd hang a mistletoe above you and maybe a reindeer somewhere, I and mean, you can you could fit more in there. Oh yeah, I believe in you. <laughs> well. This week we are talking about season three, episodes five and episode six, which would be Second Skin and The Abandoned, respectively. So first up is Second Skin. In this episode, Kira is interrupted before some kind of possibly sexy fun time with <laughs> Dax. Uh, they're going on a camping trip or something like that. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> before we find out what they were going to get up to in the Hollow Suite. A Bajoran historian asks Kira to detail her time in a Cardassian prison, which is really weird because Kira has never been in a Cardassian prison. Kira researches this, but finds the records are indeed real, and that a fellow Bajoran prisoner actually remembers her being there. Kira, very confused, leaves to talk with this historian, but is captured. She awakens in horror to find out she's on Cardassia Prime, and even worse, she looks like a Cardassian! Uh oh! Kira is met by Corbin Intak, a Cardassian officer who says that Kira was once Elian Gimor. Excuse me for the pronunciations this episode. A Cardassian daughter of a high command officer who offered to have her memory wiped and surgically altered to invade the Bajoran resistance. Kira, of course, rejects this as an obvious Cardassian ploy, but things get more complicated when Tekina Gimor arrives and immediately recognizes Kira as his daughter. Tekina is distraught that Kira slash Ilania claims she is still the Kira we know, but Intek tells him that eventually her memory will recover. 
while Tekina tries to console his daughter back into Cardassian life, Antek is more forceful, showing Kira the supposed corpse of the real Kira and a video recording of Ileana saying she would never she would become a sleeper agent. Despite all this, Kira decides she must escape, but is caught by Tekina. While he still believes her to be his daughter, he offers to help her escape through his, Cardass his contacts in the Cardassian dissident movement. Kira pieces together that she was actually bait, and that she looked enough like Ileana to convince Tekina to show his hand and reveal he had been helping upset Cardassian order. Entek catches them, but they are saved when Odo, Sisko, and Garrick arrive. Earlier, Sisko had roped Garrick into this, and Garrick used his Obsidian Order skills to get past security. Entek tells Garrick he is making a big mistake, to which Garrick responds by killing him. Back mm. on DS9, Kira is returned to her former self and is revealed to be biologically Bajoran after all. She tells Tekina she hopes he finds his daughter someday, and he leaves her necklace with Kira, a sign of peace between the two people. What do we think of Second Skin? There were a couple of things that in this episode that sort of had me confused. Like, I'm still not 100% sure what the connection was between the events at the beginning of Kira suddenly finding out she had been in a Cardassian prison camp and then all of the things that followed with her, you know, being disguised as a Cardassian and so forth. For some reason, that just isn't connecting for me. From what I... Uh, that being said... Oh, go ahead, from Ben. From what I understand, they faked all that to sell her story to her so that they they fake that there was a real Kira Norris who in, in the Cardassian version of the story who went to a Bajoran mm -hmm. prison camp they paid off another Bajoran to pretend that he saw her they faked the records that made her think that the real Kira Norris went to the Curtis prison camp was murdered Ileana took her place as Kira Norris again and then that's when she was Kira for the rest of her life so gotcha uh, that's my assumption but it's very confusing you're right <laughs> yeah, yes okay well that that confusing bit aside i i really liked this episode it really gave uh nana visitor a chance to shine yet again with her acting skills i mean you know the idea of a bajoran waking up as a Cardassian. i know it's it's as any bajoran you know, Kira. <laughs> you know? well exactly yeah, it just it's you know everyone comparable to the idea of you know a, a jewish person mm -hmm. in the 1940s waking up as a you know a a nazi soldier or something is just you know absolutely a horrifying idea and uh nana visitor played it really really well and there was you know again more wonderful character development with her towards the end of the episode where she still uh respects and appreciates Takeni as a good person know just because he's a Cardassian doesn't automatically make him evil and she really sort of bonds with him and I thought that was really good and you know good good development for her would you agree with all these things Peter yes 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 <laughs> yeah I would I, I would agree and also and also uh much like they, much like the last time something similar to this happened this is the third count it third time that a character in the episode either and 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 now and now I can make this qualification, either voluntarily or involuntarily was surgically, like 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 went under some kind of cosmetic surgery to make themselves look like another alien race. Yep. Like, 
Happens happens rather a lot on Star Trek, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. like, even in the first uh, series, uh, we had. Yep, exa- uh, yeah, like 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 that was the first time I, w- I was referencing with that uh, with uh, tr- trouble trouble. Like it was trouble with troubles, where 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 um trouble trouble troubles um and then and then it was um what what was the what was the episode that we that we just watched a couple of episodes ago with O'Brien. Um, God, I forget. And there that was a search against a person that too. I think you're right, but I don't remember. Yeah. Like that that episode and 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 now and now this one with Kira and it's like and I mean and like Sarah said of all people for this to happen to oh my god like to wake <laughs> yeah. up and realize that you are to wake to wake up and at least realize that you look like your most hated enemy that's yeah. scary shit well yeah and that's what makes that so good uh, I think. Uh... Sarah's comparison is very accurate to the the Jewish person looking like a German, but the difference is, you know, you would just be able to take off that Nazi uniform. You cannot rip off. Well, certainly, your own skin, yeah. Right? I know that's what makes. Yeah, it. of course, it's not exactly the same. Oh no, for sure, and I'm not. I'm not that level of horror. Yeah, know? it's a very apt analogy. I agree, but it's like even a, a next level of horror, where it's like not only yeah. think you're a Nazi, but you can never not look like a Nazi. Like you will always look right. like the Cardassian person. You know. Yeah. Um. And and I agree, it's a really great episode for that reason. Uh, non visitor does just do an amazing job of dealing with such a horrible <laughs> situation, and it's a real mind trip kind of episode because even like at times we're not sure. I mean, we're almost positive they're not just going to keep non visitor around as a Cardassian, but there there oh, are right. parts of your brain sometimes where you're like, maybe, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I always find mind altering storylines very interesting because it's hard to dispute sometimes when when so many people are against you saying that you're wrong you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and and there and there was I, I i will admit there was a point where i where i were like because because um because the twist hadn't been revealed yet there there, there were there were points where i was starting to wonder you know like was like is she actually a Cardassian spy and they and they are and and, and you know and and you know with um with 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 Takeni being willing to like with, with like when when Kenny first walked in he was like yeah I may lose my daughter again but I can't I don't want to see you suffer so I'm gonna get you out of here and I started to and I, I started to wonder like is she a, was she really a Cardassian spy and they're just going to let her like continue on but but like but at the same time unfortunately with this knowledge it's like they cut it a little they cut a little close for me right and i i think what made it so good is the fact that they didn't have to kenny be in on it either you know would that that mean the reveal the fact that he was so genuinely excited that she could possibly be his daughter and uh Mm. be reunited with him was really nice he had a really nice bit where he talked about Ileana wanted to be uh, an artist when she was like younger in her life but then uh-huh. saw sort of her father's reputation and stuff and decided to go into the military but as he says he kind of wishes Cardassia had more artists and less soldiers you know uh, yeah. so it, it made a really good uh, breeding ground for what he was and for why he cared so much and why he supported like the underground which I really appreciated none of it felt sort of unearned at the end Right. And uh, I think that duality between Entech very clearly playing her and uh, Tenya being like, I really truly believe you're my daughter, and or at least want to, made for a much more interesting episode than just sort of like 
spooky. <laughs> you know, like it was a little bit more. Not that I don't love a good spooky episode, but uh, it was a little more in depth and interesting than I was expecting from sort of the premise. We also have, you know, Garrick making a yeah. surprising contribution yet again, but also not really surprising because we all know he's much, much more than he appears to be. Yes, we get sort of and a then- shepherd book moment where he... Uh, he gets he gets through Cardassian with just a word yes. and a phrase, you know. Oh, mm. I made I made Sarah sad again. No, sorry. I'm sorry, but I gotta keep bringing. I up forgot he had passed away similar. until you spoke about him. I'm again. sorry, but his character is very similar. <laughs> I'm gonna bridge. Indeed, him. indeed, it is a very good comparison. I, I I don't disagree in the slightest. It just made me sad. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was, you know, when he tries to play it off, like, oh, I overheard these two people talking about it when I was, you know, sewing a hem on a shirt. Like, just something ridiculous. Like, that is not where you heard that game. Yeah, you're just like, right. That is not even uh-huh. a good lie. Yeah, so we get a very nice uh, exchange where uh, uh, Cisco tells Garrick that he has to come along or he's going to have to kick him out because Bajorans don't like him on the station. To which Garrick uh, says something like, I'm doing this. Not because I want to, because I have to. And then he's like, that's the first honest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> yes. <Right>? Yes. <laughs> Garrick's like, I think you're right. Yeah, he's like, he's like very, yeah, he was like very perceptive, Captain. Like, like you're, like you're fine. Like, like you're finally picking up on, uh, uh, p- picking up on how I function. Yeah, now you're getting it. Was this too dark of a turn for Garrick? Because he does straight up like murder a guy. He's got to shoot first. Up. So it's a, it's a Greedo kind of situation. But he still, still kills that guy. I mean, he's done it before. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He, 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 we, we've seen, we've seen, we've, we have seen him like, uh, like outright, literally just vaporize a guy. Like, like, um, like the the the, the episode, the episode from season two, where, um, where, uh, where, where, where Quark is help, Quark is help, is helping out his old lover because to to, to get to get off the station yes. because they want to change how Cardassia functions as a whole and 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 and, and right before they get on the ship that they like they are confronted by but they're confronted by some by some by someone who Garrick used to know and and the, and, and the guy's like no I'm gonna take you in. and Garrick's like actually no I'm just gonna off you so like so yep. so we have seen Garrick like cold blooded like just kill someone before so so when that happened like again it was a surprise it was it was kind of a surprise because it was abrupt because he just turned around and just did it but then i sat back and i was like no he he it, we 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 know we are, we know that he is very much capable of doing this and just walking away from it as if it, as if it was just you know like breathing mm-hmm. yeah and i do wonder if there'll be re- uh, retribution for this because he kind of mentions ominously at the end that like he may have crossed a line even further than he's crossed before yeah. on this one because he's he's straight up helped a dissident on this one and i think maybe the other one was a little bit more like who killed that guy you know uh mm-hmm. right could have been i guess anyone in deep space nine killed him or maybe he blamed it on the on the people you know the the cork's former lover or something like that but this time it's pretty clearly he killed that guy yep. and helped them escape so the obsidian order is coming for you garrick what well you gonna be. do Watch Garrick be like the head of the Obsidian Order or something stupid. Not that it wouldn't be stupid; it would be great. But just right. you know what I mean. Yeah, he's like, actually like, the president like, watch, of Cardassia or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Watch, watch it be that big of a twist, like like, like in like in um like like in the first two episodes of this of this season when it's like, yeah, no, changelings, yeah, they're the they're the Dominion. Like, watch it be that big. <laughs> and Garrick is their god. He's 
He's a god. Oh my Whoa. <laughs> yep. Is there anything else to say for Second Skin? No, I think I covered everything that was important to me to cover. I do. Ho- I do hope that that um. Damn it! Damn it! No, Gamor. We. I think we've 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 been we've been saying the wrong name the whole time. Gamor. Yeah. Go- well, I, th- I think yeah. Gamor yeah. is his surname. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I I I do I I will say I do hope that. That that he, that he finds Ileana, what, whether they show it in the Me show too. or not, I, I do yeah. I do hope that 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 they, that they are reunited because because after having a whole episode with him and like as we talk, as we mentioned before, like his genuine love and concern for, for for Kira, who he thought was his daughter, it's like he deserves it. Awesome, Actually, Joan. really quick, I think yeah, I think Takeni might be a a title like mm. Gull is a title. Mm. For Cardassians, mm-hmm. so maybe he is. The, his name is Gamor, and Takeni is, you know, his know. title. Just, like they've said already. I just write up this and not. I don't know. This is crazy, Cardassian. I mean, in fairness, Garrick has a first and last name, so this could be the same situations. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know enough about Cardassians. I'll shut up. <laughs> One thing I will say is, uh. Another another episode about Cardassian dissidents and and being uh, people against the state. And uh, we saw another mm-hmm. episode with the uh, you know a possible first non guilty verdict, which of course they kind of have to go around and uh, for for poor Miles. And it's very interesting. I'm very curious where they're going to keep going with this. If they're going to keep exploring this idea of uh, that the Cardassian people are not all about the fascism, you know. And that, mm-hmm. that those days might be sort of ending in the near future. So it should be interesting to see. All right. So the next episode we watched was The Abandoned. In this episode, while Cork is tending the bar, an old flame sells him a piece of salvage. When he investigates, he finds in a box a mysterious infant child, and the old flame is nowhere to be found. Mashir watches over the boy, but to his surprise, it begins to grow at an unnatural rate, appearing to be an eight-year-old human-sized child in just a day. The boy shows signs of aggression and violence, and when he escapes into the promenade, much to their horror, they discover the boy is in fact a gem hadar. The boy seems to only respond positively to Odo, who theorizes that the gem hadar were bred by the founders in order to be their military wing. As such, the Jem'Hadar boy respects Odo as a higher being, but views all other forms of life as inferior. Sisko tells Odo that High Command wants the boy sent to Starfleet Research Facilities to be tested in order to learn how to fight the Dominion, but Odo refuses, hoping to spare the child the fate he had. Kira warns Odo that she knows he is bred to be hard, bred too hard to be a fighter to change his ways, but Odo hopes he can help him. We also learn the Jem'Hadar are built with an enzyme deficiency that they crave, causing them to have a constant injections in order to be satisfied. Odo tries to show the child other pursuits besides violence, but all he wants to do is train endlessly to fight. After seeing a video of the Jem'Hadar attack on the Defiant, the boy takes Odo and demands to be brought back to the Gamma Quadrant. Sisko lets them escape, and Odo leaves the boy there. Back on DS9, Odo sees Kira and admits that she was right all along. Meanwhile, much to Sisko's displeasure, Jake invites the Dabo girl he's been dating, Marta, to join them at dinner. 
At first, Cisco is none too happy, but excited to find out from Marta that there's more to Jake than he thought, including Jake being a poet and a formidable Domjot player. Cisco changes his mind about Marta and allows her relationship to continue because he likes seeing this new side of his son. What did we think of the abandoned? Well, I would like to make the quick correction. It was actually Cisco who invited Jake. J- Jake, if it's Cisco, it was actually Cisco who invited the who invited Marta. Uh-huh, Jake I wasn't too Jake wasn't too happy about it because he was like, I, ta- I I mentioned it, but I never expected you to do it. And Cisco was like, Why not? I mean, when he tells O'Brien, Yeah, I need to meet her to know why in the hell this is the thing. <laughs> Like, I guess we'll what? start there with the with the B plot. What do we think of this, uh, this cute yeah. little side story? I thought it was very sweet. I I, uh, I like that uh, Cisco and Marta actually got along really well, which just it was like a cute dad thing. Very much so, you know. And he he learned more about his own son in the process than he you know found things to dislike about the girl his son was dating, <laughs> and the. Uh, I like later when he tells, you know, O'Brien, you know, have you ever played Domjot with Jake? He says, no, he says, don't. He's too good <laughs> at it. <laughs> that was great. Yep. Or he's a hustler or something, I think is what yes, he said. Domjot yeah, hustler. Like <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed this too because it was a nice uh, nice dad moment. Again, uh, Yeah. I, I happened to watch another episode that just happened to involve Wesley going on a date. And it was not as interesting <laughs> as this. Uh, yeah. I keep bringing no. up Wesley. I've been watching some Wesley episodes recently as, as well. And we're just like, I can't be bothered with you. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's like, <laughs> exactly. like, damn, they just they just did not they, they did not treat your character right, man. I'm so sorry. I also mm-hmm. thought it was just nice to get like a little bit of on the Davo girl. That she was like a pretty smart, yeah. really capable person. Like, you know, that there there's this great line where she says like the, the rule of uh Dabo is watch the table, not the girl. And that she realized the reason mm-hmm. the Dabo girls are there is they're supposed to be sort of seductive temperatures who make you yeah. bet too long and never let you leave the table uh, with more than you came in with, which I thought was really clever. It was nice to see that they aren't just sort of bimbos or anything like that, that they're actually pretty smart, capable people. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they, they are they are women who are fully aware of, 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 of how of how that particular system of of, of, be- of betting works and they, and and they're and they're like yeah and they're like no yeah we realize this is a business and this is how it functions mm-hmm. yeah and this is kind of probably a good way to make a lot of latinum oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and and just an interesting uh, see uh sort of older relationship with an older woman which you don't usually see in media which i thought was interesting like yeah. a younger man and an older woman which i thought was kind of cool she seems like more she was like in her 30s or something I think she was twenty, but Jake is only sixteen. Yeah, I would so. say I would say early twenties. Early twenties, okay. Maybe well, no, right. he's no. I mean, the, like, no, like like Marta. Uh, Marta is Mr. Sis- Mr. Cisco said not Mr. Commander Cisco. <laughs> thinking of him in the dad role, <laughs> um, he he makes the point that she's twenty years old, oh, okay. and he's like Jake's only sixteen. Okay, then, yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I, for, I forgot that he explicitly said twenty. So my bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, what did you think of the main storyline in this episode about the Jim Hadar? I think there were some good moments, but overall, I was honestly just less interested. I couldn't really tell you why. Um, I think it's. I think it was. Uh, it was a good vehicle for learning more about the Jim Hadar. That's it. Yeah. Right. Um. That's... But as a as a story in and of itself, it was less interesting to me. Yeah, that's for me. It felt like there was like, okay, we need to. 
we've come up with all these ideas for the Jim Hadar and what they are. And we don't want to just have them be, you know, have a 20 minute scene like we've studied them and oh, look, they're addicted to this enzyme. And look, they're, uh, they can sleep all this time and they're aggressive. You know, it's like, well, let's tell it through story. But because of that, it's very clunky because it's very clearly just an episode where it's like, here's what the Jim Hadar are all about, um, which is good mm-hmm. for us to learn, but it, it just wasn't as sort of elegant to say learning more about the founders episode was. Right. Do you feel the same, Peter? Yeah, I I mean I, I I don't know I I feel like uh, I, I I can't I can't put into words it, it was it was like it was like an episode to like to add to as we as we've already said learn like learn about the Jim Hadar but 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 also to but also like another episode for Odo to for 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 Odo himself as a character to to, to learn about the Jim Hadar and and how and how his people the Changelings how how, how they kind of what's the word you know dictate rule over art um like just they like genetically engineer yeah genetically mm-hmm. engineer and, and and like in like the, the hierarchy that 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 they, that they have set up in their genetic engineering for the gem hadar I, I i feel like I, mm-hmm. like I feel like you know we could have had all of this explained in 20 minutes and, and have and have odo you know like have odo learned all of this in that like in that in that t- that span of time but a bit but i also fe- i also feel like, like i also feel like like they, like they wanted to give us a character moment of, of him trying to actually connect with one of them with the chance of like you know changing ch- changing someone like I, 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 like him 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 trying to him trying to get something positive out of this massive negative in his life now of oh my people are actually kind of dickheads <laughs> yes yeah no absolutely and i i think it was they were going for something interesting in the nature versus nurture stuff mm-hmm. because odo's clearly a product of nurture and jim mm-hmm. is very clearly a product of nature um indeed which is interesting because odo obviously notes that he comes from this people who have this horrible <laughs> uh fascist government uh that he disagrees with and he's sort of dealing with the fact that his people are the enemy um and dealing with his own identity and knowing that he grew up in a science lab and the problems he had with that and uh versus the jim Har being literally built to kill and uh i guess maybe the thing is that we already had an episode like this with tosk and that episode mm-hmm. was far more interesting to me yeah yeah dealing with it because it felt more noble, but this just felt sort of like a whiny teenager who wanted to murder people. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although Odo does, you know, sort of demonstrate that, you know, despite the fact that he recognizes he comes from horrible people, he still has a lot to learn from them. And I think my favorite scene in this episode is when Kira brings Odo flowers <laughs> to Aww. his new apartment or whatever apartment's not the right word but that's basically what happens and he like shows her around and says you know i i can practice transforming into all of these things and you know i i don't sleep in my bucket anymore to regenerate and things like that the floor <laughs> yep that's and uh yeah and and he is you know She's like, well, where are we going to put the the plant? And Odo goes and puts it in his bucket. (laughs) And he, like, smiles at her. (laughs) And it's just so cute and endearing. Oh, yeah. I really am enjoying 
what seems to be at least an Odo's love for Kira. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if we'll see it be reciprocated, but uh, it's, it's a, at least a, 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 a friendship, and it's, yeah. it's like the cutest thing it, I've it, ever it, seen it, on it Star has Trek. Been, it has been a very, very satisfying uh, platonic relationship to watch develop over the past, over yes. the past two, now third season, and I am yeah. thoroughly enjoying it. And I very much enjoyed the moment when Kira realizes how sort of intimate the space is yeah now Mm -hmm. and that was a really nice beat where she's like oh should i not even be here you know right she was like she's like i can leave if you want me to and it's like no i want you here she's like well i just want to make sure yeah Mm -hmm. i thought that was a very sweet beat that they included where like this is she kind of realized why oda was so secretive and that like this isn't a place for people to hang out it's for oda to figure out who he is yeah and to experiment and be himself and uh i thought it was really sweet that odo like was okay with her invading his sort of privacy bubble mm-hmm. so what do we think of 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 the the since this was so much about jamhadar physiology what do we think about what we kind of learned about them in this episode mm. well if that well if that that baby was able to go to almost full-grown Jim Hadar in like the span of a couple of days yeah then th- then the changelings that like the like the dominions are like you know at, at least at least however at least however like they're like however much their technology can be um can be stretched are probably fairly probably fairly capable of like just churning these things out Yes. So it makes me want. So it makes me wonder, just how many Jim Hadar do they have running around their side of the galaxy? Yeah, that's a, that's that's definitely the question. <laughs> I, like, I mean, mm-hmm. because like they clearly have been able to instill fear into anyone who is under their rule. So it's like, how many Jim Hadar are just out there helping them do that? Yeah, well, they run a whole quadrant apparently yep. so. yep. <laughs> yeah scary the alpha quadrant has what the romulans the terrans klingons klingons, yeah. klingons have their own space you know like mm-hmm. it's it's uh it's very interesting i agree and i wonder if there's like just fields of jemhadar like in uh alien movies where you just see fields and fields of eggs you know fields fields of these i guess these mm-hmm. pods are where they might be born into or something like that mm-hmm. it's not really made clear yeah. in that sense but uh they're a very formidable foe, and it's a very dark idea that they're basically addicted to drugs, like uh, yeah, their entire drugs life and fighting. They, yeah, so like they can't, for some reason, they did want to break their programming, so to speak, of going away from the founders. They still have to come back all the time to get their fix, you know, of their their enzyme that they can't produce. Yeah, it's a form Which of control. Really fascinating. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. That was a very interesting. And it, it's not even. Control. Yeah, it's it's not even just like a drug that they're born being addicted to. It's you need this to exist. Exactly. You need this enzyme to live. Without it, you're gonna die. It's not a matter of going through withdrawal. Yeah. It's, it's you know, this is this is a very sort of you know primal fantasy of mine. But I would really like to see a Klingon and a Gem Hadar fight. <laughs> Just duke it out. Uh, yeah, one fighting. Before. I think it would be yeah, cool. Fighter, See? We, know, we know a certain Klingon officer from TNG joins the show. 
This is true. I know. That's true. Um, possibility is high, I feel like. Yes. And I agree. I want to see that one-on-one. War fights a Jem'Hadar. I'm down. Yes. 100%. So, I hope so. I hope so. Because I am curious to see how they do in battle. We haven't had too many like major battles with them. It's mostly been sort of like punching and a few shots yeah. here or there. So and then and then I that agree. and then that one space and then that one space battle for um like uh, when 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 the Jem'Hadar were like no we're just gonna destroy you now like at, at at the end at the end of season two right yeah definitely and it again shows like since they're grown in a lab why the Dominion or the founders view them as so like disposable you know what I mean because they're literally just creatures that kind of make up we can make another one in three days literally yeah exactly. yeah <laughs> the cost of life is not high for jim and for the founders you know yeah they're they, they are super important but they are also rather expendable yes yes mm-hmm. exactly they're like uh what do they call them in in game of thrones oh, i was thinking of doctor who the potato people <laughs> <laughs> the Santarians. Santarians, yeah yeah, I was thinking of the. Um, oh, I had it in my head, and then I got distracted with potato people. Sorry, Game uh, of Thrones characters. <laughs> the Unsullied in. Uh, ah yes. In Game of Thrones, who were just sort of raised to be warriors, and they know nothing else. That sort of thing. Yeah. I realize that the mechanics are a bit different there, but similar mentality, I guess. Yes, well, they know nothing. Is what I'm going for. Yeah, they're only trained for war and war, and nothing else. Yeah, they're they're like they're like those goop enemies from Power Rangers. They just drop them off and let it, and let them have it. <laughs> yes. Sorry, gotta okay. gotta bring back nineties. Is that from Ivan Ooze? Ivan oh, Ooze and, and, and Ivan Ooze and any and any minor enemy that that Rita Repulsa sent out herself. <laughs> yes. Rita would always still like look at a bug and be like, man, and then the bug would turn to like a giant centipede and. And they have to like punch it for a little bit, and then, and then after that went down, then she would like make it grow, you know, ten stories tall, and they'd be like, "Bring out the zords," and it's like, "Ugh." You always Again. Bring the zords, man. I mean, yeah, we gotta see him. What would a Power Ranger movie be without zords? I mean, come on. We, I I, yeah. I am waiting to. Speaking of which, I am waiting to see them. I am waiting for them to release images of the zords for Power Rangers movie next year because they're because. I don't know how everyone else feels, but for me, I'm just. But for me, it's like I'm. I'm continually going from cautiously optimistic to I am. I am about to get off this hype train. <laughs> I uh, I never got on the hype train. You're, that's um, probably a smart thing. They've teased them from the side. My my thing. The head-on view of them. Sorry, go on, sir. Well, the thing about the Zords is I, I feel like they're going to have a really hard time making them different enough from Transformers. Mm, yeah. yeah, I agree. They're, I, 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 they're going to have to really play up the whole these are animals rather than these are robots part of it for them to right. for them to bring that distinction. So that would be the challenge. Oh my god, we went from Star Trek to Power Rangers. I am so yes. sorry. I am so sorry, guys. You nerds, a bunch of nerds. <laughs> Anything else to say for the abandoned? I'm good. All right. No, I'm good. Well, next week we will be talking about season three, episode five, and episode six, which is Civil Defense and Meridian. It- Actually, Ben, I think um, 
the ones we just reviewed were episodes five and six. Yeah, you're right. Six. Yes, six. they were. Sorry, episode seven and episode eight. So you're correct. You have lost count. Sorry. I'm so sorry. We are all collectively uh, forgetting things today. I, I think it's great. That's true. Well, as Sarah said, this has been our episode, and next week we'll be discussing Season 3, Episode 7, and Episode 8, which is Civil Defense and Meridian. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-hosts for joining me every week on this journey. Our theme song is by Captain Meatshield. You can check him out on Twitter at cptn underscore meatshield. We are a part of the Tuscan Shed Media Network. You can see more of our shows at TuscanShed.com. If you like this show, like, subscribe, rate, and review it any way that you can. It does help us find new listeners. Until next time, this is the crew of Geekspace 9 signing off. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.